Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my friend, Megan. Megan, welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. Hi, Dave. Hey, what's up? Can you uh, catch us up on what's going on in your life, marriage, ministry, and what ministry projects you're working on? Well, it's been a year, right? As it has been for everyone. So there's, you know, not a whole lot to report. We are plugging along here in Western Massachusetts. We belong to a um, PCA church here called West Springfield Covenant Community Church. We have four kids and they um, are, they go to a Christian school actually, which has been able to meet in person, which has been good for them. And I'm thankful for that. And um, I've been writing. I work, as you know, as an editor for the Gospel Coalition. And then I uh, write books of my own. I have several books, but my most recent um, is a book of meditations for pastors and elders wives. So I'm excited to talk to you about that today. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Can you uh, just tell us about the book, the Partners in the Gospel? 50 Meditations for Pastors and Elders Wise, why you wrote it, how you hope it'll be received. Yeah, so this book came about, I was at a conference and I facilitated a panel for pastors and elders wives. And there were lots of women um, in the room and they, after the panel was done, they just had all these questions and it just was really apparent that um, pastors and elders wives have, you know, they've got a lot of unique sort of both challenges and joys, you know, both things that they're struggling with and also sort of things that they're rejoicing in that, that not everyone in the church understands. And so um, one of the editors from PNR, who is a publisher that I work with, approached me and said, how about writing a book um, for pastors and elders wives? And I've been a pastor's wife myself for 17 years. And before that I was a pastor's daughter. And so um, I'm, you know, familiar with the concerns of pastor's wives to some extent, but I also talked to a lot of pastors and elders wives as I was writing, you know, just to kind of hear their experiences. And so hopefully I'm writing um, in a way that's helpful to people in a lot of different circumstances. And the book is designed as just sort of 50 short meditations. And so uh, it's not really a book about how to be a pastor's wife, but it's sort of, okay, here you are as a pastor or elder's wife. And here's some refreshment for you. Here's some nourishment from the word of God. Here's something to help you on the hard days or the happy days or whatever. Yeah. I think this particular subject that you're addressing in this book is so important because I don't think there's enough resources, sadly, for pastors, wives. They're just kind of, and elders, wives, they're just kind of, you know, left out there. And it's like, well, what do I do now? You know? Um, so I, I think when I saw that you wrote this, I was like, ooh, this is going to be a good book, you know, really helpful. And it, and it is. So, you know, you were just talking about some of the things why you wrote the book what are some of the unique challenges that pastors and elders wives face yeah so the book is broken up into sort of four areas um, sort of heart and home and church and community and I think there are sort of unique challenges in each I think you know in in regard to the pastor's wife or the elder's wife's heart I think you know I think sometimes 
people in the church expect that we're sort of spiritual giants because our husbands are public, mature Christian figures. And I think often pastors and elders' wives, I mean, I know myself, we have a lot of growing to do. And it can be sort of, it can feel like a place of great insecurity when you recognize your own weakness. And, but yet people think maybe that you're more uh, theologically mature than you are, or you know more things than you know about the word of God. Um, then, you know, in our homes, I think there are a lot of sort of challenges regarding our marriage and our children. I think, you know, we have the same struggles that anyone else does, but sometimes it's hard to talk about those. It's hard to talk about struggles in your marriage or with your kids. Um, financial difficulties are sometimes really hard because often, you know, if you're in full-time ministry, it's the church that's paying you. And if you don't have enough money, you know, that can be really a difficult thing to broach. And then in the church, you know, anytime that there are conflicts in the church, disagreements, in the church, people leaving the church, you know, that's hard on the elders, it's hard on the pastors, and then sort of it trickles down and it's hard on their wives too. And um, it's hard to know how to encourage your husband in that and, and how to navigate those disagreements in the church. And then in the community too, just sort of in the wider world, I think pastors and elders' wives are often don't, you know, they're, they're not understood by their coworkers and friends and neighbors. Sometimes their extended family, you know, is not very supportive. And so it's hard to know where to turn for friendship and support sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. How can church members uh, encourage and support pastors and elders wives? I think, you know, one of the main things I think is just to pray for them, uh, to recognize that they have some concerns and to, you know, just to be coming before the Lord on behalf of them. I'm sure most people in the churches are faithful to pray for their pastors, probably less so their elders, but they should, but then to remember even beyond that to the women who uh, share their lives and seek to support and encourage them. And then I think also just to recognize that they're, you know, pastors and elders' wives are people too. And anything that you need in terms of friendship or encouragement or love or care, you know, you think, oh, I really wish somebody would send me in an encouraging text. Well, probably your pastor or elder's wife wishes that too. Or, oh, I wish somebody would invite me over. Oh, probably your pastor and elder's wife wishes that too. So, you know, anything that you need, they probably need too. I think that's good because like you were just touching about, like, I think we think, well, the pastor's wife or the elder's wife, they should know everything. They should be everything. And it's like, wait, like you're saying, you're a human being, you know, you're, you have struggles and things that you need and you need care and you need help. And I think that's such a, such a good thing. I think that a lot of people just forget. It's like, maybe the pastor's wife doesn't even get a hello. It's like, well, you know, that's, that I can't imagine how hard that is. So too. So yeah. But you're, what do you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I think when we move on to talk about elders wives, you know, I think in a lot of churches, people know who the pastor's wife is because the pastor's in the sort of the full-time staff position. And, you know, maybe, you know, who his wife is, but then elders wives, lay elders, ruling elders, whatever your church calls them, you know, their wives are sort of even more invisible and you may not even know who they are that you may be sitting next to them in church Sunday after Sunday, and you don't know who they are. And so, um, you know, that, that's something else just to know who they are and know their name and say, hi, just, just like you would want people to do for you. Yeah, that's a good word. What are what are some of the ways you prioritize your spiritual growth as a pastor? Yeah, this is, you know, it's so important, right? But when you are in ministry, oftentimes you're spending a lot of time 
caring for others and you're teaching a Sunday school class, you're leading a Bible study, you're, you know, facilitating a small group and with your husband or, you know, just whatever you're doing, you're spending a lot of time sort of on the spiritual needs of others. Um, and I think it's important just, you know, to remember that you have a soul and you have spiritual needs and you need spiritual nourishment as well. Um, but then I think your spiritual nourishment comes from the same place that other people's do too. And it comes from the reading the word and meditating on it, hiding it in your heart. It comes from prayer, spending time with the Lord, meeting with him. It comes from worshiping with God's people and hearing God's word proclaimed to you. And all those things that we encourage the people in our churches to take advantage of are things that we need to make sure we're taking advantage of too. Yeah, that's really, really good. Really, really. What are some of the unique challenges that pastors and elders, uh, children face? And how can church members come alongside pastors and elders' lives? Help? Yeah, so I'm a pastor's kid and um, I grew up in, my dad was the pastor of uh, the same church for 38 years, believe it or not. And so, wow. um, so awesome. I grew up in, in this church and then um, he, he retired a couple of years back, but, um, and now I have four kids of my own. So um, I'm raising up uh, pastor's kids as we speak They're My kids are between the age of three and 14. So, um, you know, I think that, I think people sometimes in the church have pretty high expectations of pastors and elders kids that they would behave a certain way or that they would know certain things about the Bible, that they would be theologically taught, that they would be present all the time at the Sunday school or youth group or whatever. And I don't think, you know, as I look back on my childhood, I don't actually think that's a bad thing on one level. Um, I, you know, I think it was good for my soul that people expected me to be a follower of Christ, to be a sincere follower of Christ. And people expected me to be committed to the church and people expected me to know my Bible. And I think that was good for me that, you know, people's expectations were one of the things the Lord used to go, you really should be doing these things. And they were good things to be doing anyway. So you know, I don't think that's all bad, but it can create sort of pressure on kids to feel like if they don't do those things, then somehow they've failed, they've let people down, they, you know, they're not what they should be, they've disappointed everyone. So I think along with, you know, sort of just encouragement to be a sincere follower of Christ, which I hope we would encourage all the kids in the church to do, we also have to make room for them to mess up and fail and have weaknesses and to recognize that, that, you know, I mean, Paul says about the body that there are varying gifts and there are varying graces and you know the parts that seem to be weaker are indispensable, he says in 1 Corinthians 12. So just to encourage our young people and especially our pastors and elders kids that we know that they're sinners. We know that they need Christ, just like all of us, you know, they're kids just like any other kids and um, that we're thankful for them. We do want them to follow Christ, but we also know the remedy for when they fail. Yeah. Well, what I appreciate what you're doing is you're saying, hey, we're human but we need Christ. You know, we're sinners. And you, you just keep hitting that. It's it's I think that's so important because you know, like you mentioned a minute ago about elders' wives in particular. Um, I remember at our previous church in California, there was an elder's wife who came up to me. I had no idea who she was, but she's like, Oh, I'm a so-and-so elder's wife. And I'm like, Oh, how are you? You know? Yeah. And it's just uh that that kind of thing is just really, I think, important, you know, just to recognize that's a human being and they need the same person, personal care as you do. Um, really, really good. Well, what what advice do you have for pastor elders, wives, connect with other ladies, build friendship with other church members in the congregation? I, I know that this is a, it's a tough question. There's a lot of different answers, but what, what do you, how would you answer that? I mean, the Lord has been so gracious to me and he has given me friends in the churches that I've been a part of. And I'm just really grateful for that. And I do think there's sort of a, 
a misapprehension that some people have that, oh, you can't be friends with people in the congregation. And I don't think that's healthy. And I don't think that, you know, I, I, I don't think that's the best. Um, I think it's important for us to be friends with people in our churches. And that's the, that's the body of Christ. And those are the people that God has placed there and he's placed them there for our good. And he's placed them there that we would have a mutual relationship that we would care for them and they would care for us. And so I think as much as we can move toward that, um, the better. Um, but I do understand, and I, it has been my experience as well, that there are some times that there are things that you just can't talk about with the people in your church, you know, and when people are criticizing your husband, it's not going to be helpful for you to go to somebody in the church and say, look, this is really hard for me. So-and-so and so-and-so are criticizing my husband because that's just going to contribute to more of the turmoil in the church. And so I think it's also important then for pastors and elders' wives to have friends in other places, other pastors' wives of other churches or friends with people who are on the mission field or friends at work or friends in your neighborhood or, you know, wherever the Lord gives you a Christian sister to cultivate those friendships as well. And I've been really thankful, uh, you know, I write. And so I've been really thankful for some of the writers that God has placed, friends who are writers that God has placed in my life that I can have these friendships with that in some ways don't have anything to do with my church, but um, are a way that I can care for people sort of in a different arena. That's really good. And, and I think what it shows is, hey, it's okay to connect with people. It's okay to be their friend, but it's also okay to have friends outside of that particular arena. And I think that's so, so important. I think that's also, I think that's really why. And it's, you know, it's too much for any of us to expect that one other person or two other people would sort of meet all of our needs, right? I mean, that that doesn't work for anyone. We need a variety of different relationships in our lives to really be healthy anyway. So I think that holds true for pastors and elders' wives. Amen. Amen. What are some ways that pastors and elders' wives can encourage their husband in ministry? Yeah, I think it's sort of speaking well to them and speaking well of them, maybe, um, you know, passing along, you know, saying encouraging words, showing, you know, I mean, I think one of the things that's most encouraging to my husband is when I'm growing under his ministry. You know, when I can say, I, I learned this thing from your preaching or the Lord convicted me in Bible study when you were saying that thing, or I saw you doing this thing and now it's changed me. You know, when they can see sort of fruit of their ministry in your actual life. And, you know, that's not empty encouragement or words of flattery. That's like a real effect of your ministry. And they don't always get to see that in the lives of congregation members because people come on Sunday, they hear the word, they go off. Maybe it did change something but they don't always report back and say it. So when you're living in the same house as the elder or the pastor, you have a real opportunity to say, look, this changed me. Look, you can see it in my life, right? I'm changed. And then I think the other thing that's encouraging is speaking well of your husband. And, you know, as you talk about him, just in the normal conversation with other people, that the things that you say would be for his upbuilding and for his encouragement and not to tear him down, um, which again is true of any wife, really. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think that, you know, I have so many friends that are, that are pastors and they really do struggle a lot with discouragement. I don't think people really, people on the other side, they think, you know, well, he's, he's good. He's reading his Bible. He's doing all these things. And, but it's hard, you know, it's um, intense, difficult, painful. Um, so I think what you're saying is so good. I know just my, I'm not a pastor, but, you know, in ministry and just having my wife encourage me is, and she knows like the pressure points. And so she knows exactly exactly how to encourage me. So I think that's really what you're saying. Good. And I, and I would yeah. just say to other Christian wives, if whether they're in ministry or not, do that, you know, really just dive in and ask questions and find out what's happening. And 
um, encourage and, and then guys be honest with your spouse. And also, you know, to husbands to receive that encouragement too. I think sometimes, you know, you can kind of think as a husband, oh, she's just saying that she's my wife, you know, she's yeah. just trying to make me feel better, but really, no, I mean, she's, God gave her to you for your encouragement. And so the things that she's saying are not just, you know, it's not just because she's your wife. I mean, if anybody knows your failures, it's your wife. And yet she genuinely wants you to be built up in the things of the Lord. And that's what the Lord's called her to do. And so let her do that. That's really good. What are some ways you and your husband make time for each other during bu busy ministry season? Yeah. So, um, that is a good question. Um, I mean, we do, one of the things I find that's good about ministry, at least our ministry context and everyone is slightly different, but is that it's a little bit more flexible. You know, there's not, he, my husband ends up having lots of evening meetings, but usually he can run home for lunch, you know, um, and we can have a 20 minute lunch together in the middle of the day. Um, he might, you know, his weekends are jam packed full, but then he takes Mondays off, which nobody else is off on Monday. And so we can get, you know, spend some time together on Mondays. So I would just say, you know, each ministry has a little bit of different context, but just, I would take advantage of some of those flexible times when you can, you know, have some time together that, that are not, you know, sort of during the busy seasons and you have to kind of give up on the idea of a weekend or something, but you can work it in some other place. Now that said, ruling elders, wives, lay elders, wives, I think have it sort of twice as hard because most of them, their husbands are working um, a regular full-time job and then they have ministry on top of that. And I think that's extraordinarily difficult. I have a lot of respect um, for our ruling elders, wives. And I know that they have to be especially intentional. And I know some of our ruling elders, wives, you know, have really worked hard to develop, you know, some sort of hobby or something that they can do with their husbands. One of our elders, wives, um, her husband loves to bike. And so she's taken up biking so that they can go on a bike ride together. So they're getting exercise, they're getting outside and they're spending time together. Um, so I think things like that are really important. Yeah. Yeah. Being intentional and purposeful about what you're doing, whatever that is for you. I know that we like to go out to, to eat and so, or go see a movie or whatever. And it's just like, Hey, just be with each other make time yeah. to be with her. I think that's really good. I know there was a ministry that I had um, as a lay person in Idaho and we were just coming. We were both so busy involved in that and servants of grace. We were coming and going and it's like, we weren't making enough time for each other. And yeah. So and I that's really hard on your marriage. Yeah. 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 I mean, we were good. It was, it wasn't that we were not close. It's just that we weren't as close as we should be. Mm -hmm. And so just being that perp, I can say that on the other side of that now, several years um, on the other side, just make that time, whether, whatever that looks like, make it, make it happen. So how do you and your husband handle conflict in your marriage? Um, yeah. So I will say that my husband and I are very similar. And so we, our personalities and convictions are very similar. And so we don't often disagree, um, which has been, you know, it's just a sweetness of the Lord, but that's not, I know the case for everyone. Um, but it is something that I've been grateful for. But I do think one of the important things that we've done in our marriage is just to make it very clear that we are both willing to get help if necessary. And I think that can be a real struggle for pastors and elders wives because they do feel like, oh, we can't tell anyone that we're having this conflict. Or if we do, they'll think less of us or we'll undermine the ministry or, you know, people would think poorly of us or whatever. And so I think it's very important. Um, and it's something that we've done is just to make it very clear clear that we ever have something that we can't figure out ourselves, we can't work through it. We both have
have permission to go and get help, you know? And I mean, and, and that is, is what the body of Christ is there for. And so whether it would be that you would go to another pastor, you would go to another elder, you'd go to somebody that's in ministry in another church, you know, or somebody that is a mature Christian friend that, you know, from somewhere else, you know, but that you would both feel the freedom to say, look, we're, we're, we're not making progress on this together. We need to get help and to be willing to do that. And that's for the good, not only of your marriage, but for the good of the church, because the church is not going to function well if the pastor and his wife or the elders and their wives are not getting along. Yeah, I think that's really, really good. I know, I know in our marriage, we have had conflict in the first few years and I had yeah. to learn, hey, I have to lead in forgiveness and repentance. And and that that was good. Um, and then having some sort of ground rules, I think is also good for conflict mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that you, you know, know how you're going to handle it. And sometimes things get out of hand and you just need to also have permission to walk away for a period mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. It's okay to walk. You're not walking away because you're unloving. You're walking away mm-hmm. because you love. And um, I think those things are just having some of those mm-hmm. things I think are, are good, whether you're in ministry or not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and by walking away, you don't mean leaving the marriage. You just mean, <laughs> yeah. Let's right. go. Let's go do something else. I'm going to go for a walk. You're going to take a shower. We'll talk about this tomorrow. Yeah. 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 That's a good, really good clarification. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. How do you and your, oh, wait, uh, how do you and your husband handle conflict with others you're close to in your wheelchair? Yeah. That is, that's hard, right? When you get into a situation where somebody that you're called to be in the church with, um, that you genuinely love because they belong to the same body as you, and yet they disagree with you or you disagree agree with them. And, um, you know, and that can be really hard. I mean, the Lord gives us Matthew 18, right? If we feel like there is some problem like that, we go to them and we speak to them about it, which is not easy to do, you know, but just quietly. And then we need to get help. Then you can get help from another elder, another pastor, whatever. Um, you know, I, I take a lot of encouragement, honestly, um, from, uh, the story of Paul and John Mark. And you remember that Paul and John Mark had this sharp disagreement, the scripture tells us, and they parted ways. And um, and I love the honesty of that passage, right? Because it shows us that, you know, sometimes people, even in the church, sometimes people just have a disagreement. And, and yet there's such encouragement there because later we find Paul and John Mark are um, ministering together. And we know as well that in eternity, that they'll be completely reconciled and be together. And so I think we can take sort of the short view, what practically can we do to resolve this conflict? And that, but then we can also leave it with the Lord. As I tell my kids, you know, sometimes you just, you can't fix it. You leave it with the Lord and you trust that either in this life or in the next, that he's going to ultimately resolve it. And when we take the long view on that and, and, and bring it to God. Yeah, that's really good. You know, um, there was a situation where this guy was, I was leading a Bible study and um, it was kind of like, we were clashing, but I couldn't figure out why. I just thought he doesn't like my answers to his questions or whatever. Well, turns out what he wanted me to do is he just wanted me to hear him. He Mm -hmm. wanted to be heard. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized that, wow, I was like, I am so sorry that you weren't being heard, Mm -hmm. you know? And then we, like we talked about being cared about. And that was kind of revolutionary for me when that light bulb went on, because in the church, what people, people often that are having problems with other people, they must, a lot of them just want to be heard. You Mm -hmm. know, maybe, maybe they don't want to cause 
cause a problem most likely, but they just want to be heard. And, you know, that, that for me, that really was a good thing to realize because um, rather than, hey, this person needs more theology, this, no, what this person needs is for my, me to zip my lip and listen to them. And yeah, that, that, I guess that's one thing I would just say is just that, just see that person as loved by God and accepted by God and in need of God's grace. And I think there's sort of a sense in which sometimes pastors and elders' wives aren't, they aren't officially any sort of representative of the church. And yet I do think people feel that way often. And so I think it is, I think you're so right, Dave, that people, it, it means a lot to people when they're heard by their pastor or elder's wife, because it, it feels like sort of an official hearing, as it were, even if it's not. But, um, and so I think that's a good thing for pastors and elders' wives to remember that just you listening to somebody is really valuable to them just because of who you are. And 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 we can do that for anyone, right? Amen. Well, Megan, where can people go to find out more about your work online, on social media or otherwise? I am on all those various social media platforms. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, and I, I am an editor for the Gospel Coalition. So a lot of my work appears on the Gospel Coalition website as well. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. There's a, you know, there's a lot that we could really talk about about this topic. Uh, just as we wrap up, do you have any takeaways, Megan? Uh, one of the things that has been really fundamental to me in my life is that when I was growing up um, as a pastor's daughter in um, the pastor's family, my parents always communicated that serving the church is a good life and that ministering in the church is a good thing to do. And it was hard. There were conflicts. There was trouble. There was financial strain. There, you know, there's all these things. And yet they always were by their example and even by their direct teaching, reminding me that, that serving the church is good. And this is a good life. And I hope that that's something that I communicate even in this book of meditations for pastors and elders' wives. Yes, we address the struggles and the unique challenges that we We've talked a lot about those, Dave, during this podcast, but fundamentally, I believe that being in ministry is a good life and that it's a place where the Lord would have us to be. And it's a place where we can feel his smile as we serve. And um, I hope that I communicate that hopefulness as well. Yeah, you've done a wonderful, wonderful job, Megan. And as always, you're a blessing to talk with and an encouragement. So thank you for your work there in the church and um, where you're at and also at TGC and every, all the other places that, that you're writing. Thank you so much much for having me, Dave. It's always great to talk to you. You too, Megan. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.